0: I invite you to take your Bibles. We are going to read the Word of God for today that is coming in the Gospel of John, and then we are going to move to the book of Galatians. First, the Gospel of John, and we are going to go to chapter 15, and going to read the verses 1 to 5. This is the Word of God. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears not bear no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prawns so that I will even more even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear fruit apart from me you can do nothing. Then we're going to read from the book of Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in a step with the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to
1: God. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord God Almighty. Heaven and earth are full of your glory, so we come before your heavenly throne in this space and time, seeking you. Lord, we thank you for the word, your word revealed to us this morning, from your lips and from the lips of your your, uh, apostle Paul. So we ask, O God, that you would open our eyes, that we would see, our ears that we would hear, open our minds that we come to know and understand your word and indeed your ultimate will for us and for the world. Lord, open our hearts that we would feel its power. And in response, I ask, O God, that you would open our hands, that we would bear your grace, to the world around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how many of you reckon yourself more a book person than a movie person? Hands, more book than movie. And how many of you are more movie than book? Okay, so um, that's a sign of the digital age. That was sad, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but I think all of us can connect to this. Have you ever read a book or watched a movie, and you thought you were reading one thing or watching one thing, and then midway through, there was a twist, a turn, and you realized that everything you had been focusing on was the wrong thing, and everything that you needed to be focusing on, you missed completely? I mean, just, just an absolute turn of, uh, of, of phrase or a turn of situation, a plot twist of sorts. I remember the first time I watched Fight Club. Anyone? All right, like, like you watched Fight Club and you were 95% of the way through the movie and you thought you had watched movie A. And all of the sudden, you realized that you were watching movie B. And you needed to go back and rewatch the entire movie to to do so while you were understanding that you were watching movie B. Anyone that that was it, it was crazy, and and there are so many uh, stories like that. I find that there are times in scripture when we are reading scripture, engaging with God's word, that that we're reading one story because uh, maybe that's how we were taught it as kids or maybe we've heard it in a certain number of sermons or maybe that's just where our minds have focused their attention on. But whenever we really dig in a little bit deeper, uh, that thing that we have been preoccupied with is not the main thing. It is a thing, but it's not the main thing. And if we refocus our attention, we could see that there was something so much more for us. That's how I experienced John 15. I am the vine. I am the vine, and and, and it begins for me with this this reality, the I am statements. How many times have I studied the Gospel of John and the I am statements from Jesus? Uh, I am the gate, I am the shepherd, I am the vine, I am the way, the truth, the light. Like The life, you have so many different examples of the I am statements. And so I could read this John 15 vine and branches passage and be fixated on I am the vine. I could also read it, and this is more common for me, and maybe it says something about my own fears or concerns, but I also could get preoccupied with reading this passage where it says, uh, if you don't bear fruit, you will be cut off and thrown in the fire. Anybody read that passage of Scripture, and that's all you could focus on? You might initially think, oh, harsh, Jesus. Uh, but because you do recall, this is Jesus talking, right? Uh, if you don't bear fruit, cut off, lopped off, I imagine Jesus, whoosh, right? Taking me and throwing me off in the fire. And, and, and then I could get preoccupied with that. I could be focused on that. What does it mean to be cut off? What does it mean to bear fruit? How can I make certain that I won't be cut off, lopped off from Jesus? Or I could also find myself, uh, because of the number of sermons that I've heard about this particular uh, uh, section of the passage, I could be fixated on the reality that, that pruning is a part of our relationship with Jesus. That, that as we walk with Jesus, uh, we are being pruned so that we will become more and more fruitful, right? If you are fruitful, you'll be pruned so that you can become more fruitful. That doesn't seem fair. Pruning seems hard. It seems challenging. Pruning uh, has a sense or a symbol of transformation uh, in it for me. And it's like, hold on, but, but I don't, I, I have some... Um, some attachment to those things that you might want to prune, Jesus. Uh, I have some relationship with those things, Jesus, that you might want to prune. Jesus, what do you mean that you're going to expect me to give up my desires, my, uh, my aspirations, that you are going to make me more fruitful by pruning me? And I could be fixated on that. Those are the top three things that I focus on whenever I read John 15, 1 to 5. I am statements, cut-off statements, pruning statements. And if I focus on those things in John 15, I'm reading story A, but story B has so much more, and it is clearly more foundational for us. And here it is. The real story of John 15:1 to 5, is remain in Jesus. Remain in and with Jesus. You see, if you have your Bibles out, I hope that you have a pen with you because it is so clear from Jesus' own lips what the primary focus of this passage is. He is telling his disciples, you and me, four times remain in me. In verse 4 and verse 5, hear this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Remember, Jesus already said, I am the vine. So the I am the vine means uh, the vine is Jesus. So that's the second time. Remain in Jesus. And neither uh, neither can you bear fruit unless you, do you see that at the end of verse 4? Remain in me. And then in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Four times, two verses. Think Jesus has a point to make? Repetition matters in scripture, repetition matters in speaking. And Jesus, in this tender, critical moment with his disciples, as he's on the way to the cross from the upper room, he is making it crystal clear to his disciples that while he is no longer with them, physically present with them, they still have a choice. We still have the choice. They might have been thinking, uh, after Jesus was crucified, how, how is it possible? How is it possible that Jesus instructed us over and over and over and over again, remain in me? And now he's not with us. How is this possible? But Jesus is teaching them, is teaching us, that we must be so firmly grounded in our pursuit of Jesus that we want nothing more than to be with him, to be with him in our daily lives, to be with him in, in, in the morning, to be with him at our workplace, to be with him in our home life, to be with Jesus all the time to constantly remain in jesus and and, and when when you uh, uh, are working to submit to this uh, to this godly will that we would remain in Jesus, Jesus also gives us two instruct, uh, instructions. that that help us to be clear of why we need to remain in Jesus. And they're both also tied into that verse 4 and 5. I read them already, but in verse 4, no branch can bear fruit by itself. And in verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this is hard for you and me to hear. Apart from Jesus, I could do nothing? You, you, You mean Nothing? Seriously, Jesus? No branch can bear fruit by itself. I can't do anything fruitful outside of Jesus? That's what he said. It was crystal clear in his words. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Which means if, if we are to remain in Jesus, to be dependent on Jesus, and to know that our fruit bearing is made possible only through Jesus, then we must uh, face one of the prime examples of idolatry in us, in our culture today. And it is the idolatry of independence. In fact, we celebrate it, Independence Day. Uh, we, we also celebrated Miss Independence. Right? We, 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 we sing songs about independence. We, we talk about the, the value of independence. We are a people that pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We are a people that constantly are proclaiming over one another that we must be an independent people and that being dependent is bad. Our cultural norm is that dependence is bad and independence is good. And the longer we get stuck in that swirling cycle of violence to self, because in the end, that independence only lands with fruitless life, the longer we will be mired and bogged down in our faith. Jesus says, be a dependent person, someone who is solely dependent on Jesus. And he says that because he knows that he is dependable, he is faithful, he is reliable every single time. He will not fail, cannot fail, and and has never failed. And so whenever you look at who Jesus is and how he has, has put himself forward for you and for me, not only on the cross, but in this continuation, this perpetuation of his presence and his invitation to remain in him, We must shift our frame of reference from a people that that have an idolatry over independence toward a people who clearly articulate that we are built, crafted, so that we might depend on Jesus. In fact, independence, may I be so bold, must be nailed to the cross of Jesus, must be nailed to the cross of Jesus. That's that's directly from Galatians chapter, chapter 5. We must see the, these desires, see our idolatry, and they must be nailed to the cross. Well, firstly, when we come to Galatians 5, beginning in 22 and 23, we hear the fruit of the Spirit. And we've done a study together as the people of covenant on the fruit of the Spirit. And this is This is the evidence of our life of faithfulness. And so when we hear that if we remain in Jesus, our lives will look like this. It will look like love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is beauty there. There is fruit there. There is blessing there that, that pours out from us through our dependence on Jesus over to the world But then when we turn to verse 24, when we hear in verse 24, those who belong to Christ, maybe should I say in Jesus's own words, those who remain in Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Those that remain in Jesus crucify the flesh with its passions and desires so that every time we are pruned, something that is thrown away has been been taken on by Jesus in the crucifixion. Every time that we learn to rely on Jesus more and more to be fully dependent on him, we are taking something and it is being crucified with Jesus whenever we take our de- our desire for independence and fully rely on Jesus it is crucified and dead this death of independence so that we might be dependent on Jesus is an essential critical element for every disciple to take on this week, uh, we were at Blueprint Ministries for our student ministry mission trip. Uh, sixth through uh, 12th graders went uh, to, to San Antonio. We re roofed houses. We, uh, we, we worked on flooring and baseboards and painting. Uh, it was an extraordinary trip. 25 students, 32 in total. And it was a beautiful week, and it was hot. It was super hot. Uh, you know, when, when the bill of your hat is like a stream of, of a water faucet flowing forth, you're like, okay, something serious is happening here. Well, uh, it was wonderful to watch over the course of the week. We had 11, 11 students that were either rising seniors or heading off to college and, and to see their leadership, to see the way in which we had moments of extraordinary uh, transformation taking place where we were blessing one another, where we were praying over one another, where we were sharing. We had the students, the, the seniors and going into college students, uh, leading small groups and, and inviting uh, uh, vulnerability and creating space for testimony to be shared of how God was seen and how God was moving amongst the students, it was magnificent. But Thursday rolled around, or maybe I should say, and Thursday rolled around. And, and, and I was on uh, a roofing project. It was a tremendously large home to be roofing, and uh, we made uh, an extraordinary amount of progress. But I went into Thursday morning, and I knew that we were going to get to this point in the project. We weren't going to finish the whole thing because it was a 2,500-square-foot roof on a 512 pitch, and, and it was just a massive project for us to undertake. It had uh, six valleys and a chimney and hips all the way around, so it was, uh, it was a massive undertaking, but I knew... If we could get to Thursday at closing time and we could get the ridge cap on the the top section done, our students would have just this great sense of completion and accomplishment. And Thursday at 1 o'clock rolled around and I thought, I don't think we're gonna make it. And Thursday at two o'clock, it rolled around and it was over 100 degrees and the roof uh, asphalt was just emanating such excruciating heat that the shingles were tearing uh, as you touched them. And I realized we weren't going to make it. Now for me, that was death. Uh, I hate, to lose and this felt like absolute devastating loss and what was amazing was our students were taking it in stride they were feeling great about it and i was feeling devastated about it but uh, I, I had to go back to the site. I was trying to wrangle my way back to the, to the roof. I was thinking later tonight I was going to sneak back out on the roof and I was going to finish it. And then that was, that was being shot down by Blueprint. And then I was like, tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to go, I'm going to complete it. And that was shot down by Blueprint. And then that night as we were sitting uh, in chapel and our students uh, began sharing testimony about what God had done that week. And they shared uh, homeowner testimonies, how, how one homeowner articulated so beautifully, uh, my house now feels like a home because of what you did. And another group shared testimony of, of how their homeowner uh, just shared uh, in vulnerability some, some traumatic experiences and losses that, that had come to her family over the last few years. And she wept and grieved, and the, and, the, and the group of teenagers laid hands on her and blessed her and covered her with prayer and asked God's healing for her brokenheartedness. And so that night as the students were sharing about how God had met them this week, I realized that it was the desire and the passion of my flesh that was getting in the way of me seeing that God had brought a good work to completion this week at Blueprint. God is, is right here. Jesus is inviting you and me to remain in him. And it means that we're going to be pruned. It means that there needs to be transformation. It means that our desires and our flesh need to be crucified, die, that we might die to self so that we might rise to life that only comes in Jesus and, G- and, and, and Paul gives instruction of, of what this looks like in the closing verse that we read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. It says, Since we live by the Spirit, may I also uh, uh, kind of articulate that, since we are committed to remaining in Jesus and Jesus' gift to the world in his uh, in, uh, in, uh, post his res- uh, resurrection and ascension is the Holy Spirit, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep... In step with the Spirit. Let us walk every step of life's journey in the Spirit. And we're going to make mistakes. And we're going to sin and fall short. But if we're walking by the Spirit, the Spirit is going to invite us to set those things aside. To be pruned by the Father so that we might have those things crucified and died. And we, you and I, must take the first step with the Spirit in saying, I cannot do this alone. We are not meant to do this in isolation, and we are not meant to do this independently. We are meant to be in community with one another as we are in community with the Father, Son, and Spirit which invite us into this perpetual remaining presence. Jesus said it remain in, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Let each of us surrender whatever is being built up as an obstacle in our lives so that we might choose this day and every day to remain in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come before you thankful for uh, the community we have in you and amongst the saints gathered this morning. Lord, we need you. Uh, We need to, to sacrifice Uh, So much of our lives that calls us to independence or passions and desires of the flesh. So, Lord, we ask that those would be crucified this morning. Lord, help us to pursue you singularly only so that we might be fruitful for your kingdom. That our lives might be fruitful, but more than that, so that the fruit of our lives might be the blessing of the world. That the world would come into closer relationship with you. That the, the kingdom of heaven would come down upon the earth. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord. Remain in us as we remain in you. And in so doing, bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, as we continue in worship and we enter into this time of offering, we ask, O oh God, that you would bless these gifts to the kingdom-building work of your church. We pray that you would bless the givers as well, that all that is done in this space and this time would be for your glory, honor, and praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.